Welcome to LOA Today. Walt Thiessen and Life Coach Cindy Chavez here. Today is Tuesday, May the 8th, 2018. 8 a.m. Eastern Time, your first daily dose of happy for the day. And we're off to another happy start. I love spring. I especially love it when it's sunny and the blue sky thing. And we got that again today. Temps are going to be in the mid-70s. I can hardly wait to get outside as I'm going to do, as I do every day. It gets like this. So Yay! I can hear it in your voice, that excitement. It's great. I love this weather. I mean, it is my favorite time of the year. Not that there aren't other other good times of the year. There are. But this one's just my favorite. I love it so much. It's really, really good. So, well, I'm thrilled that you're getting that 70 degree weather. It's supposed to be in the 90s here. So, oh, yeah, Ooh. <laughs> yeah. We we've said we've said bye bye to that beautiful 70 degree weather that we were having. <laughs> we got much more of it this year than we're used to. So, I have to be grateful for that. When it gets up into the 90s, that's when um, I get up at like six o'clock in the morning to do my walks or my bike rides, just because it's cooler. <laughs> For years, when I first moved here, this, you know, spring would come and I would get, it would be in the sixties or the seventies. And I'd be so excited to plant things and I Mm. would plant all this stuff. And then, you know, by May or the end of May, I couldn't even work out there anymore because it was just so miserable. (laughs) I'd be like, oh yeah, I remember this is what happens every year. (laughs) I plant something and then I don't want to be out there taking care of it because it's just so hot. But I'm doing better. We've got a lot of things planted this year. And oh, it's, it's wonderful. Yeah. Oh, good. Yeah. Well, it's the, nice to have the, a garden. The squirrels have stopped eating uh, the, the flowers. So Good, good. Yeah. We finally served them up something they didn't like, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> that does help. Yeah, there are certain things. I, I'm not a gardener, so I'm really not the one to ask. But I'm married to a gardener, and I pick things up periodically. And apparently, there are things you can amend the soil with and so forth that uh, keep certain pests away. But there are some plants, like apparently tulips are just universally loved by wild animals. So outside of a city, you don't have much of a prayer with tulips. <laughs> that is so funny. I never imagined it. And so I had I had posted something somewhere about the squirrels eating my marigolds. And somebody in the comment thread said that their dog ate flowers. They couldn't plant flowers because their dog would eat them. And I thought, oh, my goodness, I've never heard of a dog. Yeah, that's kind of unusual. <laughs> maybe maybe it was a salad. <laughs> I don't know. Right? I mean, that's what I joked about. I'm like, we planted them a salad bar. I planted them. They were beautiful. I came out the next morning, and all there were were these little green stems. Little and all the flowers oh, were <laughs> <laughs> oh, how crazy! How crazy! So I, I think we have we have a crew of squirrels here that know about the law of attraction. Because <laughs> I love it. <laughs> They were manifesting a, a nice, fresh salad bar put out for them, and they got it. <laughs> well, so good Walt, for them. I just realized that be, since I've talked to you last, you celebrated a birthday. Happy I birthday. Did. Thank you very much. Yep, that was a wonderful day. And, in fact, we went down to the shoreline on Sunday. Uh, I, I mentioned it in some of the other podcasts, but we went down to Stonington, Connecticut, which is right on the border of Connecticut with, with Rhode Island. Uh, a nice... Lovely little uh, old New England town, you know, old shops and so forth. My, my wife loved that part. And uh, then we went to uh, Mystic, which is just a couple doors down, so to speak, and had lunch at our f- favorite restaurant in Mystic right on the water. So it was a delightful day. We had a great day. 
Yay, very good. Yeah. That's always wonderful. I'm glad you had good weather. Oh, and the weather was wonderful. Yeah, it was a beautiful day. I think it cleared just for me. I didn't even have to do my usual weather thing. It just cleared for me. Yeah. <laughs> Perfect. My, my reputation precedes me. <laughs> That's it. They're like, the clouds are like, we might as well move out of way. Forget He's it. Coming. I mean, Walt's coming. I mean. <laughs> That's wonderful, though. That's It's so nice to have a, a special day that the weather turns out because it really <laughs> can throw a monkey wrench into things if you're planning on eating somewhere outside like you were. It can. Well, like Wendy points out, it, it, it's all about how we decide to perceive it anyway. So, I mean, her favorite thing actually is, is rainstorms. She loves rainstorms. And I think, well, that's cool, you know, because if you can enjoy a rainstorm and feel good about it, then you're going to like almost any weather that comes your way. I, I like rainstorms if I don't have to be out in the rainstorm. <laughs> yeah, you, you and me both. <laughs> really? Like, I, I love thunderstorms. Not everybody likes thunderstorms. Nope. I've learned that because some people kind of freak out when they find that out about me. But uh, I love it. If I can be inside and I'm safe. You know, I live in hurricane country. So, <laughs> mm -hmm. oh, <laughs> so yeah. not all the rain is rain that you really want to enjoy. But, yeah, I think it all can be enjoyable. And um, the other uh, report is that I've, I've been getting feedback from our co-authors about the book that we've all written together and yeah. people are loving it. The, the feedback is really, really good. So um, I still have some of the authors to hear from, but once I hear from everybody, then we're going to be like days away from publishing. So I think this book is going to be published. My guess is going to be probably the third week of May. So it's coming up in a couple of weeks. Oh, wow. That's coming up quick. Awesome. Yeah. Wonderful. Yeah, really quick. yeah, it's going to be good. So how are you doing? I mean, we haven't even talked about what, what's going on in your life, but what's going on? I know. I'm doing well. And I'm <laughs> I'm happy this morning because um, I had a dream that my purse was lost or stolen. Ooh. And I was in a big, like, shopping place, and it was going to close in just a few minutes, and everyone was leaving, and I realized I didn't have my purse and I was panicking about it. And then I woke up and realized it was just a dream. So I felt really good waking up. And realized, oh, that first, that first thought of, oh, my purse is right here. Yeah. I've never lost my purse, knock on wood. Um, and I've had friends that have lost a purse or had a purse stolen. Um, it's not a good feeling. You know, I'm thinking to myself, wow, like there's so much, my purse is so tiny. And yet there are so many important things in there. <laughs> so. <laughs> yep. So sure. I, I realized that sense of waking up and recognizing that it was just a dream. It didn't really happen. Mm -hmm. Everything is fine. And, you know, that sense of relief. Oh, yeah. Um, it, it always astounds me and how powerful it is and how great it is. And it's one of those feelings that happens often when we're using law of attraction. Sure. And we're using it correctly, right? And we, well, when I say correctly, I mean deliberately because we're always using it. But the sense of relief can be a big uh, indicator to us that we're going, you know, we're doing well because that means we've let go of resistance. This is true. It's very true. So I kind of I woke up with that this morning and I'm very glad that that was just a... <laughs> well, plus I like the fact that you were able to take a dream, sort of a nightmare actually... And turn it into yet another reason to feel good. That that's a good skill. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's it takes practice, right? And then pretty soon you realize you do it automatically. Because I hadn't thought about that, but that was the first thing on my mind was, oh, this is oh good. Okay, this is awesome. <laughs> and um, and that's that's that sense. Even 
as a coach, even when I have a client that tells me they made a particular decision, I remember years ago, I had a client that made a, a big decision and said to me, oh, as soon as I made this decision, I felt so relieved. And I knew right then that it was most likely the decision that was going to bring her the best outcome just mm -hmm. because of that. Sure. Oh, yeah. Just because of, of feeling a sense of relief. So it's a good way. That's a good way to start the day. <laughs> it is. It's a great way to start the day. And um, as usual, it ties in with what we're talking about in the book, because you and I are looking at Money and the Law of Attraction by Jerry and Esther Hicks, Abraham Hicks. And last week we were looking at a subsection of part two that uh, is basically an example of our old story about money because we all tell stories about everything in our lives, in our heads and in our conversations with others. But this one was particularly about money. And, and I think we both agreed that the stories that most people tell about money aren't the most productive ones in the world for people who want to attract more money. So we, we kind of touched on that fairly well last week. This week, we're going to be looking at the next section, which is the news story about money. And this one is, in my opinion, one of the best rampages, as they're called, that Abraham has done, particularly because it's about money, but also because it's really positive. And it's a great source, I think, for anyone who wants to improve the little stories they tell themselves and others about their own monetary situations. I like that you called it a rampage because that's exactly what it feels like. It just <laughs> it goes on and on and on. And that's what's so good about it is that in my experience anyway, sometimes when we are deliberately deciding to tell a better story, we can come up against that place where we've been telling this old story for so long <laughs> mm -hmm. and that when we try to make a new one, we, we can get a few sentences in and then it's kind of a struggle to think of what can be better. Yeah. Right. Isn't that amazing? I mean, we're so good at telling the story that tears our hopes down, but when it comes to inventing what we want to happen, we draw blanks. It's amazing. Well, it's so funny. I, I was reading a book recently and the author was talking about, uh, when they were growing up and she was telling, she was relating a story uh, about a, a, a bad day that she had when she was a kid. And it's a humorous story. But the thing that she talked about was that she grew up with a big family and she said that this particular day when she, some, some kids were being really mean to her and bullying her and she came home and she just decided that she would just sit on the porch and cry. Mm. And she said, it's our house is too crowded to cry inside. <laughs> if I go inside and cry, I'll only be halfway through my, you know, I'll be crying and someone will come up and ask me. Cause she had like all these siblings. She had, someone will come up and ask me, Oh my goodness, what happened? And I'll have to tell them the story. And halfway through the telling of this terrible story, someone else will appear and demand that I start from the top. <laughs> and, she said, and by the time everyone knows, I've told the worst bits of the story six times. <laughs> and I've worked myself up into a hysteria. And it was so funny. But I thought about it from a law of attraction perspective. And I was like, that's what we do, though. Right? It is, we, yeah. We, we, we phone a friend. <laughs> We go, oh gosh, this terrible thing happened, and we talk about it, and we tell it again, and then the friend tries to comfort us, and we give him a few more details about why it was so bad. Ugh. Really, we do and such a number on ourselves. A new story, <laughs> yeah, right. And it's like, 
that vibration has a lot of momentum. It does. Yeah. Which is so why it's so important. We, the day that we read this last Wednesday, or we started, we read a little bit, but we didn't really finish the whole thing. And you had talked about wanting to uh, transcribe it because it was so awesome. Mm. And that afternoon, I had the opportunity to like read a portion of it to someone else. And um, they were just like, wow, that's really awesome. And I didn't mm. even read the whole thing. So you want to touch a second, we don't have to read it, but just the example of the old money story. Yeah. Um, I, I think that we boil it down to people saying, you know, I think I am statements are really powerful. Mm-hmm. And one of the things I do with a group of people that, that I uh, facilitate is always have us actually today on Tuesday, I always say, let's write a short story. And we start it with, I am. Okay. Right. And so it's like, I told you this morning, I woke up and I had had this dream and I'm relieved. Mm-hmm. Right? I'm relieved that that wasn't the, the true deal going on. Right. And so I am, I am happy to be here this morning on the podcast. I am looking forward to a really great day. Those little I am statements, which so often come out as a default statement, which sounds like, oh, I'm so tired. Or <laughs> right, or I'm I'm broke. That's the money story. A lot of people tell. It, oh yeah, the whole thing down to just I'm broke. I don't have enough, and that's what they touched on in this book, the old money story, um, the things I want I can't afford. I'm you know, and it's like we've all probably had some instance where we've told that old story that wasn't very empowering where money was concerned. Mm-hmm. Sure. Right? Oh yeah, yeah. I think it's a. Like you say, it's it's a momentum thing. When you get into the habit of doing it over and over again, you tend to stay in that habit. That's what habits are, right? They're places that we stay in because that's what we do with a habit. <laughs> I don't really know why we stay in habits, but we do. <laughs> and as a result, the more time that we spend on it, the harder it is to see the other side of, of whatever it is that our habit is driving us to think about. So if we're thinking about how you know there isn't any money and money is tight and all that kind of thing, I'm getting depressed just saying it. <laughs> right. But I, I, I recognize I, I knew someone once that would always say, I can never get ahead. And things were always happening. And anytime something happened that was unexpected, right, a flat tire or something, so oh, I can never get ahead. And yet I could look at this person's life. And I did at one point and said, really? I hear you say that a lot. And yet I remember when you didn't have a job. And now you own a home. And yet you're continually telling the story about I can never get ahead. I can never get ahead. And so all these little things keep coming into your experience that kind of hold you back and hold you back. Mm-hmm. And even with that, you're getting ahead, but you're you're refusing to look at that you have gotten ahead. Isn't that amazing? And, yeah. And so it's just flipping that focus. And I love this story. So shall we read it? Yeah, let's do it. Because this, this is the good stuff. This is an example of Jerry, I believe, Jerry's new story says, example of my new story about money. I like the idea that money is as available as the air I breathe. I like the idea of breathing in and breathing out more money. It's fun to imagine a lot of money flowing to me. I can see how my feeling about money affects the money that comes to me. I'm happy to understand that with practice, I can control my attitude about money or about anything. I notice that the more I tell my story of abundance, the better I feel. 
I like knowing that I'm the creator of my own reality and that the money that flows into my experience is directly related to my thoughts. I like knowing that I can adjust the amount of money that I receive by adjusting my thoughts. Now I now that I understand the formula for creating, now that I understand that I do get the essence of what I think about, and most important, now that I understand that I can tell by the way I am feeling, whether I'm focused upon money or lack of money, I feel confident that in time, I will align my thoughts with abundance and money will flow powerfully into my experience. I understand that the people around me hold many different perspectives about money, wealth, spending, saving, philanthropy, giving money, receiving money, earning money, and so forth. And that it's not necessary for me to understand their opinions or experiences. I'm relieved to know that I do not have to sort all of that out. It's very nice to know that my only work is to align my own thoughts about money with my own desires about money. And that whenever I'm feeling good, I've found that alignment. I like knowing that it's all right for me to occasionally feel negative emotion regarding money. But it is my intention to quickly direct my thoughts in better feeling directions. For it is logical to me that thoughts that feel good when I think them will bring positive results. I understand that money will not necessarily manifest instantly in my experience with the changing of my thinking. But I do expect to see steady improvement as a result of my deliberate effort to think better feeling thoughts. The first evidence of my alignment with money will be my improved feeling, my improved mood, and my improved attitude. And then real changes in my financial situation will soon follow. I'm certain about that. I'm aware of the absolute correlation between what I've been thinking and feeling about money and what is actually happening in my life experience. I can see the evidence of the law of attraction's absolute and unerring response to my thought, and I look forward to more evidence in response to my improved thoughts. I can feel a powerful leveraging of energy in being more deliberate about my thoughts. I believe at many levels that I have always known this, And it feels good to return to my core beliefs about my power and value and worthiness. I'm living a very abundant life. And it feels so good to realize that whatever this life experience causes me to desire, I can achieve that. I love knowing that I am unlimited. I feel tremendous relief in recognizing that I do not have to wait for the money or the things to materialize before I can feel better. And I now understand that when I do feel better, the things and experiences and money that I want must come. As easily as air flows in and out of my being, so it is with money. My desires draw it in, and my ease of thought lets it flow out, in and out, in and out, ever flowing, always easy. Whatever I desire, whenever I desire, as much as I desire, in and out. Yeah, that's a really good one. That's that's wow. amazingly good, and and you can feel it as you were reading it. I was just sitting here feeling it, feeling <laughs> feeling how how it's it's uplifting and it feels good and so forth. There, there's one thing I did want to mention because it occurred to me as you were reading this one section toward the beginning that there is an issue out there that I have noticed. 
popping up periodically. Um, and let me see if I can find the exact phrase. It says, let's see, where is it? Of course, I'm not finding it right away. I probably should have bookmarked it, right? <laughs> that would have made more sense. Highlighters, highlighters. It's hard to, it, well, actually, there is a way to highlight on a smartphone, but I'm not really adept at it. So you're right. I should probably learn how to use the the built-in highlighter on my phone. Now, it was a part that talked about um, giving money away, and I can't see it. Where is that? Oh, here it is. I understand that the people around me hold different perspectives about money, wealth, spending, saving, philanthropy, giving money, receiving money, earning money, and so forth. Even that wasn't it, though. I thought there was one that was more direct than that about giving money. Breathing in money, breathing out. Well, I'm not seeing it. <laughs> it was in there. I know it was there. <laughs> but well, I do love that it says, you know, it's not necessary for me to understand their opinions or experiences. Yes, that's true. Um, because, you know, that that's something that, I mean, we all we all grow up surrounded by our parents and family's money stories. Yes. And it informs how we think about things. I remember hearing a story where someone said that, um, that their father would always say every time they wanted something or their brother wanted something or their siblings wanted something that the, the dad would say, what do you think we are rich? Yeah. <laughs> You think money grows on trees? <laughs> <laughs> By the way, the, the one of the local banks had a money tree out out in front of their counter. <laughs> they 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 put a tree together. They built a tree, and they have they had these uh, paper bills printed to kind of look like money. They weren't like actual money, you know, hanging from the tree, so you could see what a money tree looked like. I thought that was pretty clever. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> so yeah, so this was a really powerful. There are so many good things that I, it was funny because I told the story about my dream and feeling relieved that it wasn't real. Um, I noticed how many times the relief word was mentioned in this story. Yeah. Yeah. Quite was, a bit. I feel a tremendous relief in recognizing that I do not have to wait for the pa for the money or the things to materialize before I can feel better. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> so, and, and I'm not finding the spot that I was looking for, but it must've been something that cued it in my mind rather than you know, an actual long passage. Um, because I see a lot online, people talking about um, if you want to attract money in your life, make sure you give it away. And inevitably, they're saying it to people who are in a severe lack mentality. And I'm thinking to myself, that is not going to be the best advice for somebody who's in a severe lack mentality. If you're in a lack mentality, you need to get into a positive mentality, a positive feeling mentality. And I don't see how someone giving money away is going to get them into a positive feeling mentality. So I just want to see what your take on, is on that. Well, I think that it's difficult, especially when someone's in a really tight place financially and, you know, they're barely, maybe not even able to pay all their bills or to, you know, put food on the table. Um, being told they have to give money away might sound like the most difficult thing ever, or they just don't have it to give it away. Mm -hmm. um, I, I like to think that we can give a lot of things besides money and that if everything is energy, right, then money is just another form of energy. 
Mm-hmm. And so there are plenty of things we can give. We can, we can find a way to give time. We can find a way. But I think the most That's important true. thing about that thought about giving money, or I've, I've also heard people say, whatever it is you want, give that thing away, um, is that scarcity mentality holds tight to things. It does. And, you know, and like I told you the story about someone I, uh, I knew that was not wanting to use all of their resources. It wasn't even money. It was just supplies and things that they had, because what if I can't get more? Right. right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's that same resistance and holding so tightly to things when we recognize that all of these things flow in and out then we can let go of them easier and there can be a flow. I mean, there has to be an outlet if there's stuff flowing in. I mean, it's like water, right? Mm -hmm. Water, we need to let it flow in, but then it also flows out or else we'll have a flood. Um, Now, some people might think that a flood of money sounds like a pretty good idea. But but I think that, you know, I think we can go into it gradually. I don't want someone to think that, because they're not giving money away that no money is going to come in. But it certainly is something that we want to look at mm-hmm. as potential. Sure. Right? Yeah. Uh, because when we hold too tightly, we stop the flow. Right. And, and that's the important thing to remember. Exactly. We you know. here's the thing is that once we get, it's like that Maslow's hierarchy of needs, right? Mm-hmm. Once we have enough money to pay our bills, to feed our family, to buy clothes that we need and other supplies that we need just to live our life, once we're good with that and there's an abundance beyond that, um, it's a lot easier to give because our own needs are taken care of. Oh, exactly. And, and if you're in that spot where you're, you're wondering how you're even going to take care of your own needs. Um, There may be some other things you can do besides giving away money you don't have. (laughs) Yeah, right. Exactly. And and, and that's why I think it's, I I like the rule of thumb. It's not so much important that you have to give money away in order to get money. I think the important question is, how does it feel to do whatever the recommended thing is? If someone recommends do this in order to attract money into your life, how does the do this feel? If it feels good, then by all means do it because the good feeling is really what we're looking for anyway. We're looking to get into a better feeling place where we stop putting the limitations on ourselves. If, on the other hand, the recommendation doesn't feel good, I wouldn't recommend doing it. I don't care what the other person thinks about it because you're the one who has to feel it. So make the rule of thumb, does it feel good in your mind to do X, whatever X is that someone else is recommending that you do in order to attract more money into your life? Now, I, I will tell you, though, one time um, a couple of years ago, and we do this periodically, I, I told you I've talked a lot on the podcast this year about the I feel I feel rich right. uh, affirmation. I feel rich and how sometimes we'll just say it to each other or, you know, I feel rich. I feel rich. Um, <laughs> one time a couple of years ago, we decided let's pump up the money vibe a, a little bit. And so we took. I can't remember if it was $20 or $50 and we, we changed it for just $5 bills. Um, so I think we maybe had 10, $5 bills, but it could be four or $5 bills or whatever. And we just gave them away. 
um, to people that we passed on the street, whatever. And you would have thought, talk about a vibe lifter. You would have thought we had just given away, you know, a hundred thousand dollars because <laughs> the people, you know, we would walk up to somebody and say, um, you know, happy Saturday. Here you go. This is for you. Wow. Um, and the look on people's faces over you handing them a $5 bill, it might as well have been a hundred. It was so great. And we were just, you know, give, or giving a dollar bill just to like a child, you know, or just leaving a, a $5 bill in the front of a shopping cart and watching someone <laughs> come up and grab that cart and go, wait, what? <laughs> um, it was, it was a lot of fun. Like I could have done that all day. Long. Sure. Yeah. I can see why. Yeah. And, and that, so, that would be a good yeah. feeling place. That'd be a really good feeling place to be in. It was awesome. I mean, it was really, really, we talked about it all day. We're like, oh my gosh, that was so much fun. And like the, the guy that we, that makes our coffee all the time, we came in and, and we, we got our coffee. And of course we put the tip in the chip jar and then said, and this is for you and handed him a $5 bill. And he was like, what for me? And just the look on the face, you know, it was, it was so great. I, I, it had a much uh, greater effect on me than I thought it was going to have. <laughs> That's good. That's Talking a... about it, I kind of want to go do it again. It was, it was really, <laughs> really what, what, fun. what was the impetus behind that? What, what made you decide to try that? Um, well, I had, I had been in a program at one point where it was an exercise that we did. And it was like, okay, you know, take $20 or take $5 or take five $1 bills or whatever you can, just a small amount and go and just give it away. Mm-hmm. And so we had been thinking about remembering doing that and just decide we should do that this weekend. That'd be fun. You know, Um, because we were trying to think of ways to pump up the money vibe because we know that when we get um, a a better vibe around money, money comes in. Mm -hmm. Okay. Well that I could buy into because the feeling is so good with that. Oh yeah. It's, it's absolutely terrific. (laughs) I may even try that. I'm not sure when, yeah. but I may try to give that a shot. <laughs> yeah, it's just a lot of fun. It's a lot of fun. Just and, enjoy it. And the money, and it, it always makes a difference. Mm-hmm. So like anything else that we want to um, improve in our life, we can take some action, and that's inspired action. I mean, we were inspired to do it. Very much so. So the action felt good. Yeah. And had a good, you know, uh a good response to it. Yeah, that's really good. Um, good I, I, I like I like the fact that it doesn't matter what the denomination is because that's really true. It really doesn't matter what the denomination is when you're doing something like that. And I've noticed the same thing is true with um, tip situations or with um, employee bonuses. It isn't so much the amount of money, although certainly larger amounts of money are very appreciated. But it's the recognition. It's the recognition of, of the person and of what they've done and what, what they mean to you. M- money has a way of saying, I recognize you. And people do respond to that very, very well. Yeah. And I think it's, you know, it's like everything else. It's that money is so important to our daily life and well-being. We, we in, in this country or in our you know way of life here that's the way it works is Mm -hmm. we pretty much need to have money to do anything yeah that's true and so it's it's just it is what it is it's a means to 
accomplish what we need to accomplish. It, it's neutral. It's not good or bad. <laughs> you know, that yeah. whole idea that money is bad or that only bad people are rich people or, you know, all these ideas that come from somewhere and they're just not true. Well, that's that's the other part of it, because the fact is that we do pick up a lot of stuff, particularly as we're growing up. And that stuff gets in the way. It it makes um, it, it. How do you describe it? The more that we focus on lack stuff, the more that we focus on lack stuff. So. Anything that we get as we're growing up that reinforces the lack just reinforces it. It just gets bigger and bigger and bigger. So whenever we can do something to reverse that and start feeling the relief from it, the relief is going to be pretty big. It's not going to be a small piece of relief, you know? Exactly. And so, and you know what, that going back to the handing money out, talk about a sense of wealth, I guess. Mm -hmm. Right. It's like, um, we always talk about our identity and our stories that we tell about ourselves and who we are being and how that makes us feel and how important all of that is to what we're creating consciously. And so <laughs> that idea of who, who are you being when you've got a fistful of cash and you're just out there handing it to random strangers? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, a person that, you know, we would think that a person that is poor or a person that is struggling, a person that doesn't have any money, well, that's not going to be what they're doing. And and so we step into this other identity of somebody who has enough to give away. Yeah. And, and, and that that's not an easy step to make necessarily. But if we can make that step and do it in a way that feels good and feels positive, then there's no doubt that's going to be a tremendously powerful step. And it's that feeling. So, yes. So, I think about an idea that is <clears throat> memorizing, is my word, um, to memorize a particular feeling so that we can tap into it again. And really being deliberate about that. It's not that it takes a lot of time, but it does take some focus. Mm -hmm. And being able to go back to that place when we need to just in our head, in our mind and tap into those feelings again is really valuable. Sure. And, and so it's the reason why, and it most often happens with feelings that are difficult, unfortunately. Um, you know, often when people tell a story, I remember you talking about one of the stories that you wrote. And that it was really difficult to write it because all those feelings came up again. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It was right? long, too. <laughs> that made it even harder. <laughs> and so so I'm talking about deliberately being able to do the same thing on the flip side. Mm -hmm. And the stronger, you know, those feelings were, I mean, your experience, it was really difficult. And you had some very strong feelings going on mm -hmm. and so even now you know years later or whatever when you go to write the story or talk about the story all those feelings come back up and yet there are probably plenty of things that have happened in my life and your life where we had an uncomfortable feeling 
but it was so fleeting and it was so minor that we don't even remember it now. If we tell the story, we certainly don't have be overwhelmed by these feelings, this, this small little annoyances or whatever. Right. So the stronger the feeling, the bigger it is. Yep. And so this particular story or, or this particular event of going out and handing out money that was a really big good feeling. And so okay. when I talk about it now, I, I remember it. That's good. That's really good. Plus, it, well, that's what we it, want to be able to do. It, it, absolutely. <laughs> oh, yeah. Keep tapping into those feelings that yeah. feel wealthy, abundant, and good. Exactly. Uh, plus, uh, you mentioned that story that it was a difficult story to tell again. The one thing that I can tell you, though, that's positive about it is now that it's, let's see, we're about uh, five years removed from that situation and during that time a lot of the sting of what what happened at, at that time has dissipated for me and mm -hmm. also appreciation of the things that went right has increased and i think that's another phenomenon that goes on that we really need to pay more attention to over mm -hmm. time you know, what, what's what's the uh, cliche something like time heals all wounds or something like that right well not only does it heal wounds it also helps us get into a more positive mind frame if we let it and that's the real key, if we let it. If we let it, if we're willing to look for it, over time we see more and more, I certainly see more and more of that story, that was a good story. It was actually very positive. So that when I was doing the writing of it, yeah, it was hard to relive some of those tough times, but it also made it easier when I was talking about all the good things that came out of that situation, because a lot of good things came out of that situation. It was actually a very positive producing um, story when it all was said and done. If I chose to spend my effort and my time continuing to look at just the painful parts, that's all I'll remember. If I also decide to uh, alternatively decide to look at the good stuff that happened, then that starts to shift it. Well, I think it's important to not draw conclusions. That's that's where we trip up so many times. What do you mean? And what I mean by that is that, like, there's an idea that we can any of us can take um, take stock of something in our life at this present time that's amazing. Mm -hmm. Some area in our life that is fantastic. And that if we trace it back, it will always trace back to something that was really difficult or uncomfortable or not so fantastic. And that's that whole idea of good luck, bad luck, right? <laughs> yeah, right. It's like, I've told that little story before. Um, of the, the, the parable about the Chinese farmer that only owns one horse and that's the, pretty much the only thing he has to his name and it runs away and all the neighbors say, oh, what terrible luck. And he says, good luck, bad luck, who knows? And a week later, the horse comes back bringing 11 beautiful wild horses with it. <laughs> and the whole neighborhood says, oh, what good luck. And he says, good luck, bad luck, who knows? And then his son is trying to train one of the wild horses and gets thrown off the horse and breaks his leg. And of course, all the neighbors say, oh, what terrible luck. And the farmer says, good luck, bad luck, who knows? And then the whole province goes to war and all the young men have to go, but his son doesn't have to go because his leg is broken. And of course, again, all the neighbors are saying, <laughs> what good luck you have. It's like the never ending story. It is. Yeah. And so it's when we draw a conclusion to it and say it's over and this is the terrible way it is, <laughs> we're, we're holding on to a conclusion that's not necessarily the way it has to be because everything keeps 
keeps happening. And so not only looking for the good that happened in the story, but what did those experiences lead to and what, what good has happened now that would never have happened if those particular circumstances wouldn't have happened. Mm-hmm. Absolutely true. That's what I think is so, is so powerful. And that's what gives me relief when I am going through something that's contrast is that I say, well, you know what? I don't know what this is going to lead to. And it's going to be something good. And it's the last part that makes the difference. I don't know what it's going to lead to. You you could go either way with that. But I know it's going to lead to something good. That guarantees it. Right. And so it's that flipping that focus again. It is. Over, over to what we want. You know, I noticed in this new money story, and I didn't highlight them, but there were several places where the idea was... It hadn't happened yet. And even the sentence where it's like, I like knowing that it's all right for me to occasionally feel negative emotion regarding money. Right. Like, I'm not going to beat myself up if I have a moment of not knowing where money's coming from or feeling concerned or whatever. Uh, But it's my intention to quickly direct my thoughts to better feeling directions. But all through here, there's the idea of, you know, of looking forward. Mm -hmm. I'm aware of the absolute correlation between what I've been thinking and feeling about money and what is actually happening in my life experience. And I look forward to more evidence in response to my improved thoughts. Yes, indeed. Over and over in this statement, there seemed to be the idea of that. I know that as I continue, that I'll get, continued results well that's just it the fact is we need to be constantly learning and constantly practicing refocusing redirecting repivoting doing all the steps that we need that we have learned to do through the teachings of abraham hicks and other teachers to get our mind onto a positive good feeling track because once we do that that's when when, when we do that consistently, I should say, when we when we do that predominantly, that's the word I was really looking for. When we do that predominantly, then overall, we're, our predominant experience will improve regarding whatever it is. It could be wealth, health, relationships, doesn't matter. It will continue to improve. And I, I really like to mention the word predominant because, I mean, you mentioned how they said it's okay to feel a, a, a negative emotion. And it is. It's all right to feel it. The real question is, what's your predominant state? What, do you, what are your predominant feelings? What are your predominant um, experiences? If your predominant thing is good, if it's positive, if it feels good, then it's okay if you have an occasional negative. It's not a big deal. No big deal at all. It's the predominant state that matters. And, this, and that predominant state is going to show up in the story that we're telling. It does. Right? And so I think it's so important that that whole idea of, hey, it's okay to have a negative feeling, you know, occasionally. Um, it's that that contrast that we experience as a negative feeling can actually be a really good thing if we're deliberate about what we do with it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> pivot, 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 <laughs> flip it over, <laughs> find yep. the good part. Yep. And because the more we do that, the less we have to. Well, I think also predominant is the word that answers the question I raised before we even uh, read that passage, before you read the, the whole um, positive rampage passage, which is, that we often, if we're in the habit of, of telling that negative story, 
and we want to now switch and start telling the positive story, we draw a blank. Yep. And the reason we draw a blank is it's not our, our predominant pattern. Our predominant pattern is negative, so that's why we have trouble drawing out the positive stuff, which means we have to actually put a little effort into it at that point. We have to, you know, okay, be deliberate. I'm, I'm just not going to let my mind go into those negative patterns. I am going to find positive ones, even if I just have to ask inside, hey, inner being, give me something positive because I can't think of something. <laughs> but yeah, anything to start shifting that pattern because once we shift the pattern to a pr- predominantly positive pattern, that it gets so much easier to come up with stuff. The blanks good, don't happen as often. It, you know, the example that kind of comes to mind is at one time I did a lot of cooking and I have raised two kids who have, you know, both become um, actually very, very well versed in a kitchen. Um, one of my sons is a five-star chef. That's pretty well versed. <laughs> yeah. And, and, you know, there were always lots of things that I cooked and I didn't, I no longer needed a recipe, right? Because I did this all the time. Mm. I mean, I, I, I cooked these dishes or baked these things so often that I didn't even look, need to look at the recipe anymore. So basically but your, your predominant if mindset I, if had I changed. I want to cook something that I'd never cooked before out, out would come the cookbook. Mm-hmm. Or I'd have to go find a recipe yep. and I would have to look at it and follow it. Wait, how much, how much flour, <laughs> how much butter, how, you know, I need to look and look. And so it reminds me of that. We get so well-versed in telling a particular story and, you know, it might even be a good story. And yet we may want to go on and create something even better, something bigger, something different. Mm. Once again, creating new blanks and filling in the blanks. And we don't know, really know how to do it because we're right where we have been and we're telling that story. And so sometimes we have to pull out the cookbook, right? We That's have right. to start like researching or paying attention. Like you said, asking our inner being like, okay, give me a better story. Help me see the good part. That's the cool thing though, is that the way our brain works when we ask a question and we phrase it in a certain way, our brain will just start looking for the solution. So asking ourselves those empowering questions, like you just did, you know, how can I tell a better story about this? Mm-hmm. What good has come out of this? Some, there's something good that's come out of this. Inevitably. Um, and, and then start telling that part of it. But yeah. sometimes it takes effort. It does. It takes effort. And th- that's why we have you know, books like Money and the Law of Attraction. I mean, I'd forgotten that this little passage was in, was in here. And it's a great passage. And I, I think I'm actually demonstrating the fact that I still have a bit of a, a lack mentality because I didn't take the time, despite the fact that I announced it on the program last week, I didn't take the time to transcribe it. Well, you know what? I am getting my pen out right now. I'm making a note on my main notebook that I refer to every day, and it's going to say, transcribe passage from Abraham Hicks' book, because I want to make sure I do it. That's taking deliberate effort. So the very last bit, after this, all of this rampage that we read, um, and boy, it's so good. There's so many good, good things about this. Um, transcribing it's a great idea Uh, at the very end of it it says there's no right 
or wrong. <laughs> There's no right or wrong way to tell your improved story. It can be about your past, present, or future experiences. The only criterion that is important is that you be conscious of your intent to tell a better feeling, improved version of your story. Telling many good feeling short stories throughout your day will change your point of attraction. Just remember that the story you tell is the basis of your life. So tell it the way you want it to be. That's pretty empowering, isn't it? To say there is no right or wrong way to tell your improved story. Yeah. I mean, you know, we talk about this all the time about how does it, but how does it make you feel? (laughs) (laughs) Right. Um, One of my friends who's an amazing coach, uh, I know that that's one of her questions that she'll ask a new client or maybe any client right off the bat is you use the word predominant. What's your predominant vibe? Yep. And that's the question. It is. And you know, what is, what is that story? that we're telling. I love watching people's lives completely change because they changed the story that they were telling. I mean, it's one of the things that I um, always do with people is start to help them get conscious about the story that they are telling. I can tell you that my predominant vibe has increased to a, a higher level quite dramatically just by taking the lead in creating this book that we're about to publish. I mean, when the first idea came, when the idea first came to me, it came to me from you and Wendy because both of you, um, shortly after you came on board with me and started being co-hosts, told me independently of each other stories of how you had been co-authors of books that had you know, achieved number one status on Amazon. And I instantly thought to myself, what a cool marketing concept. And as soon as I thought that, I mean, this was truly an inner being moment, the thought came to me, why don't we do that with what we're doing on the podcast, and let's make it success stories. Let's make it successful manifestation stories. I didn't give it any thought at all. It just kind of, boom, came to me. And I said, let's go. Let's do it. I I could hardly even wait to get going. In fact, you know what my biggest frustration was? It was trying to figure out how to get you guys on board, not realizing that you would just jump right on board. I was still in in the mindset, oh, God, I'm going to have to talk them into this, you know. <laughs> but That's so funny. once I got past that part, and you guys were on board really easily, and that, of course, that was just reinforcing, it just, it became, it wasn't work. I mean, it, it is, it has been work. I don't want to minimize the fact that there was work involved. There has been work involved. But overall, the dominant, the predominant feeling has been so strong that even in those times where like, you know, toward the end of like the major editing phase where I was just editing, 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 I could have easily have gotten down during that. But the fact that I was feeling so good previous to that, it just kind of pushed me through the whole process. And when I came out the other end, all of you to a person expressed amazement at how quickly I got it done. And I was thinking, wow, this was dragging on forever. <laughs> no, it was so fast. And, 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 and it, it's such a great example of inspired action. Exactly. Yeah. It's, it, it's an example of not only how inspired action is so good to follow, but how the momentum of, of that positive predominant feeling moves you through the difficult parts. I didn't stay in that difficult zone as long as I could have. I stayed in it plenty long, but not as long as I could have. And it was that momentum to help me get through it. And now that we're at the other side of it, and I'm I'm basically waiting for the feedback from all the people who contributed to make sure everybody's okay with uh, the changes I made to their stories and so forth, 
I'm getting a lot more excited about the fact this thing's about to publish. Well, there's well, a and, and predominant pattern that's, that's just so strong. That's the difference between, you know, motivation and inspiration. Inspiration is that that vision that you have, which has become, which has been getting closer and closer, mm-hmm. right? Yep. As, it, as you work on the project and you start to see the project taking form and it's like the, the end result is getting closer and closer. That is so inspiring that you don't need to push a lot because it's no. pulling you forward. That <laughs> yeah. vision will pull you forward. It and does. It's, it feels amazing to, to be taking inspired action. It doesn't feel like, oh, I'm pushing through. I mean, there may be moments <laughs> where, oh, yeah. where we feel that way. Um, but the, like you said, the momentum is so big that those moments are, are fleeting. They are. They're fleeting. And I was really noticing, you, you, you expressed it well, you get drawn along, you get pulled along by it. I was feeling all through even the most difficult times of, of editing, the inevitability of the book, which in prior projects, I mean, there were times where I was reaching for that feeling, hoping for that feeling, and it wasn't coming about. And here it was, it was just right, it was right there, part of the experience. It, it wasn't something I had to build up. It wasn't something I had to talk myself into. It wasn't something that I had to get myself into the positive mindset to make it happen. It was just there. And when you have that there, because you had, like you said, you followed this inspired action and, and, and you just been following the, the, the strong impulse that you got. That's what I was doing. And boy, the pull of it was really strong, really, really strong. I, I've never had that I can remember in recent memory um, a, a situation where the inevitability of the success of it just overwhelmed me. <laughs> and success, I wasn't even defining success in terms of how many copies are going to be sold. I was defining success in terms of getting it done and people liking it. That was that was the farthest that I could see in terms of success, but it was really big, and it still is. It's still a very strong feeling inside me. Well, we had talked about at one point, I think last week, because uh, I kind of had an aha moment about it, um, about the idea that in, the inspiration actually happens when we start telling the story of what we want. Mm-hmm. So when we're in that place where we feel like we're pushing and struggling to get it done and we're not seeing that inevitability. Um, and we realize as people who are already knowledgeable about law of attraction, when we think, Oh, okay, I need to, I need to follow inspired action and we kind of skip over that, that part and try to get inspired. You know, (laughs) it's like the inspiration is just not coming. I will be inspired today. (laughs) The way we we get the inspiration to come is to pivot and start focusing on the outcome that we want. Start talking about it, start feeling it, start describing it, explaining it and make some, you know, choices about the details of what it will be like feel like using all of our senses mm-hmm. um, when that starts happening then it, the inspiration happens but sometimes you know inspiration just happens like it did with you like th- some ideas came into your you know into your realm there about putting a book together and you got excited about it and it was an answer to a request that i put out I mean, I'm not sure I really deliberately said I am putting this out to the universe, but I know I put it out there, which was, 
now that we'd had this nice big growth curve, because that's what uh, was the impetus behind me getting in touch with you and Wendy and Tom mm -hmm. and having you guys come on board as co-hosts and expanding the schedule to a daily, twice daily schedule during the week and so forth. Um, that had happened because we'd had a nice big increase in the number of people who are listening to podcasts. So I was enjoying doing them. I liked doing them. My wife noticed how much I liked doing them. So she said, you know, why don't you go ahead and, and you know, start doing it daily. Let's see how it works out. And at that point in time, I said, okay, well, we've had this great increase. What else can we do to keep the momentum going? And within days, what I got back from you guys was this idea about doing a multi-author book. So I, it was actually in response to something I put out there. I just didn't realize at the time that there was a correlation. I'd forgotten that I had put out there, you know, so how do we move this forward? And then this idea comes along and it just kind of dwarfed the fact that I'd asked the question. <laughs> well, I think that's so awesome, though, is that because it happens all the time if we'll just pay attention. Yeah. Right? It's like we have an idea in our head. Uh, we're curious about something or maybe even we're struggling with something, right? It's like, oh, how how can I bring this about? And if, if we'll just open up our awareness and pay attention, the answers are usually right there. Mm -hmm. They are. Yeah. They, in fact, <laughs> if you, you almost don't even have to pay attention. They, they kind of run you over like a truck. <laughs> <laughs> sometimes, yeah. That does happen sometimes. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm excited <clears throat> and looking forward to know that we've, we've finished part two of the we book have. today. We have, yeah. And this is like and the meat part of the book. This is, this is the money part of the book. So we got through like the most important part and got a lot out of it, I would say. Well, and the next the next section, part three, is maintaining my physical well-being. So, mm. you know, the, the the book is called Money and the Law of Attraction, but the subtitle is Learning to Attract Wealth, Health, and Happiness. Yeah. And, you know, all the money in the world isn't going to feel all that great if we don't have health. Exactly right. Right. So, you know. And I like the I phrasing, too. It's not just health. Maintaining my physical well-being. Well-being. Like yeah. You're right about that. It's yeah. not just health. Uh, health and well-being. A sense of well-being. I remember someone saying to me uh, that after years of of struggling, that they had finally recognized um, a sense of well-being. Mm. And that the sense of well-being they had had expanded over the past you know, six months or so. And it's such a powerful thing to be able to say. It is. It's a tremendous and thing so to say. I'm really excited that tomorrow we'll be starting maintaining my physical well-being. I think it's going to be great. Yeah. This, if it's anything like the last section, and of course we both read it so we know that it is, it's going to be really powerful. And so we want to make sure nobody misses it. Before we go, though, I just want to give you the opportunity for someone who wants to reach out to you, because sometimes we need to have a little personal one-on-one -on -one kind of contact. How do they reach out? Uh, they can find me online, cindychavez.com. It's C-I-N-D-I-E-C-H-A-V-E-Z.com. And I'm also on Facebook, face, Facebook, Facebook, <laughs> Facebook, and Twitter and Instagram. And it's all the same name everywhere as Cindy Chavez. So come and find me. Say hello. Just reach out. I would love to hear from you. You know, let, let me know what you're thinking. <laughs> Fantastic. And we'll do this again tomorrow. We hope you join yes. us as well tomorrow here on LOA Today. Goodbye, everybody. Bye, everyone.